Hi, and welcome to the House Hack Podcast. An exploration of modern work and how young professionals and businesses can work together in pursuit of the careers of tomorrow. Ryan and Charlie here. We're so glad you could join us. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the House Hack Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing with Jack about finding purpose through your work. So Jack Larkins is our guest today, and he is a career coach with over four years experience who specializes in helping young, ambitious professionals create a career they will love. He has worked for some of the best career coaching organizations in London and worldwide, helping clients identify their dream career and make a successful transition. How are you doing, Jack? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for, for having me. You can connect with Jack on LinkedIn, of course, and you can join his Career Change for Purpose Driven Professionals community on Facebook. And I'm really excited to go through today's episode. So to kick us off, really, Jack, what to you is a career transition coach specialist? Because that word can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So for you, what does it mean to yourself? Yeah, I mean, it means first and foremost, really understanding what it is you want from both your life and your career and really getting clear on that and then making a transition from where you currently are right now which might be unsatisfied might be unclear lost into a position that aligns up with where you want to go and of course it 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 covers not only the identification of where you want to go but the actual practical tools you know if you're in a current job right now how do you then go and potentially change careers how do you change job functions like how do you I guess, reach out to employers? How do you discover the opportunities? You know, there's so many in-between bits and a career change specialist helps you navigate that um, in both a practical way as well as a mindset and accountability sense. Nice. That's a really good summary, really helpful for, for us and I'm sure for the listeners as well. So did you always know that this was the path for you and something that you wanted to go onto once you graduated from university? Because I know you studied law at university so is that something a path that you'd worked out that you wanted to to go on to or is that something you almost fell into by by chance um both both questions no and no so definitely not something i knew i wanted to go into so the whole time i, I studied law i assumed that i was going to become a lawyer or something I, I really did enjoy my law degree and by the time i finished in in 216 Basically, something happened with my last essay. It really put me off going into further education, which is what you need to do to become a lawyer, invest even more money, et cetera. So I was like, right, you know what? I'm going to take a break from education. I'm going to just go out and get a job. So that's what I did. But at the same time, I was like, what do I actually want to do? I ended up in this like charity work, which was just kind of to, to get some money coming in. It was kind of fun. Um, and basically what I ended up having to do was go through a much more systematic process to get me to clarify the direction I wanted to take because I was just in my own mind going over and over like, what is it that I really want? And I was looking on job boards, nothing excited me whatsoever. And the only things I really knew was, was four things. I wanted four elements from my career. I wanted to make an impact that was for absolute certain, like something in me, I was like, I really want to make a difference to this world. The second thing is I wanted to love what I do. I didn't want to go into a job because I had to earn money. I wanted to go into work because I genuinely felt good about it. And it's something I genuinely want to do. Um, the third thing is I wanted financial freedom. Like I didn't want to be 
stuck kind of earning an X amount, like struggling to pay the bills or anything like that. I genuinely wanted to be able to do whatever I wanted. And I think money is a big part of that. And then lastly was freedom. So I didn't want to be working 10 hours, 12 hours a day, potentially, like just to, to get that money. So they were the four elements that I knew I wanted, obviously very ambitious and probably, you know, a lot of people want them, but I didn't know what that looked like. So I had to go through and, and as I said, go through a systematic process that I invested into in order to discover that I wanted to go down the career co coaching route. And what was it that, that got you there then? So you, you've come across those four aspects that are really, really important to you when transitioning out of education. What was then the next step for you on the ladder or, or the next step on the journey to, towards those things, um, whether they exist already now or whether they're still in, in your future? Kind of what was the next immediate step? Yeah, so the, the immediate step, I guess it, it wasn't immediate, but the step that you need to take is to work out what that actually looks like and get some clarity at the very least on what would you be doing in order for that to happen. And there's a, a quote by Walt Disney that I absolutely love, and, it's, and it basically states, if you can dream it, you can do it. And of course, the first point to that is you need to be able to to dream it. Um, because if you're just like, want these vague elements, but you have no idea what you're doing, then you're just going to be in a stuck paralyzed state. So as I said, what I basically did, I, I found this, it was like a, a life purpose course, essentially. And the, and the whole idea was to get really clear on firstly, who you are, like, what, what, what do you value most in life? Like, what are your natural strengths? What are you interested in? What's your zone of genius, for example? And then basically putting that together into a, a longer term vision, which is basically what I did over a process of two to three months. It wasn't something that was immediate. Then I could start envisioning, ah, oh, okay, this, I could see how I could get all of them elements by, by doing this. And I was writing it down. I was kind of drawing out. I did the vision board. So I would say that is the immediate step is to get really creative with, with your life. Right. Um, and then you figure out how to do it. Like, because once you, once you've got that vision, then you can start working backwards. Okay. I, mm. I want to get to here. What am I currently missing in order to make that happen? What skills am I lacking? What qualities as a person am I lacking? What experience, et cetera. To pick up on that while we're here, I want to ask you how you get from that vision to that practicality that, that you talk about, because when you talk about sort of envisioning the vision board, almost the manifestation, the kind of secret-esque methodology of the law of attraction and all of these different things seem to be where your mind is coming from and in terms of that Disney quote as well. But then how do you work backward from that? Is it just saying, right, my end goal is X, break it down into small steps. How do you get to that practicality? Yeah, great question. And this is actually what I, I lacked at that point when I did it. I, I didn't have this bit, which I'm going to say now, which is the, the how bit, the strategy bit. I wanted to get there straight away. And it because I wanted it so quickly, it ended up taking me a lot longer to get where I wanted. So ultimately, you have to ask yourself, this is one question. What am I currently missing? Um, that would is stopping me from making that vision happen right now. So that question is golden because you can start writing out, well, you know, say if I, I don't know, I wanted to go into public speaking, for example. Well, what, what skills am I currently 
uh, missing? Um, what what network am I missing? What would I have? Who would I have to know in order to do that? Like, do I have the confidence to do that? What would I speak about? You know, you get all of these these. I guess like problems that are stopping you and then you turn them into opportunities well okay if I'm missing the confidence to go out and public speak what what could I do in order to gain confidence well I could start reading books on on public speaking maybe I could go to Toastmasters and start practicing there and then that's when you start getting goals from that okay well let me set out a goal every two weeks, I'm going to read a, a book on, on public speaking, I'm going to go online right now, I'm going to sign up for Toastmasters, right. And you come up with these lists of practical things that you can do. And then you just prioritize like, okay, what what are the most um, immediate things that I need to do right now? And what are maybe longer term things that need to build up over time? And then th then you can start organizing that. So it actually becomes very practical when you do it like that, and just break it down into small steps. Because Obviously, if you've got this really ambitious vision, you're like, oh, it feels so like out there and it doesn't even feel attainable. But once you do this, then it becomes actually very attainable. Okay, I can read a book, you know, every once a, once a month, I could sign up for, for Toastmasters, I can potentially go and speak to other public speaking professionals and see what, like what they would recommend, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's really, really helpful for, for us. I think as well and for those listening to, to understand those steps. And that's something I can definitely relate to as well of that almost envisioning the one two three four five six step process behind doing something and actually going out and then doing it starting with the simple of just putting your shoes on and walking out of the house like it can be as simple as that and i think building up towards that bigger vision is really really useful in terms of that as a piece of advice i know you said you didn't know at the time as a graduate is that something you would like to tell your graduate self if you could or is there any other advice that you put as a higher importance above it yeah, that two two things. So the, the strategy side, absolutely. So just to explain what ended up happening. So I, I was in a recruitment job um, at the same time as I was kind of creating this vision and I started to know, okay, I want to uh, go into career coaching. That was something I started to discover. And one of the things I did was I invested into a coaching uh, diploma. And then by the time uh, it kind of hit me where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving this job now. I decided to try and start up my own coaching business straight away. And what I missed was really a strategy of actually how I could do that in a much more efficient way, because going out there, quitting my job and trying to start a co coaching business is all, you know, well and good. But at the end of the day, I didn't make that a success. So what I would have done instead now is think, okay, how can I build up these, these career coaching skills whilst still earning money and actually what I would have done is gone and started to research more career coaching companies start speaking and networking to professionals to see how did they transition into it and started just to play a little bit more sensible than thinking like oh you know uh, let me just go and follow my passion and you know jump out and and I, I lack that patience because I wanted it now and that is another thing I would definitely advise my graduate self as well as myself right now it's always something I'm trying to work on which is enjoying the present moment you don't have to, like when I say creating this this vision it's not about achieving it I think achieving things are is nice and it gives you a bit of a buzz for for a little while but then you'll you'll lose it and you'll be on to the next thing so the most important thing is to enjoy the present moment and actually you know give yourself a, a pat on the back for where you are right now and where you're trying to get to 
and I and I didn't have that. I always felt frustrated. Oh, I want to be further. I want to get there quicker, et cetera, et cetera. And actually, it was just a waste of energy, really. Um, so then, the, them two things: uh, the strategy side and just patience. Mm. There's definitely a lot of time to be put towards that kind of patience piece. But what I would ask you as a follow-on from that is about how being a career coach contributes to your why. So we've talked a lot already about purpose, about the meaning behind what you do. So just talk a little bit to what your job currently and how, how that talks to, to your why. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I thought about this question before and I, I kind of broke it down into three elements of what, where my career adds to my why and my, my purpose. So or the feeling of purpose at the very least. So the, the first thing is like, I obviously have really gone into detail my own core values and a, a core value is essentially labels that define the most important, meaningful things to you in life. And the way that I usually go through it with clients is becoming very, very practical on that. So say, for example, a, a core value of mine could be freedom. Um, it could be maybe like adventure travel. It could be impact as another example, health. And what you want to do is understand, okay, what does this actually look like on a practical level, right? So if I, if I said health, like what to live 10 out of 10 in my core value of, of health, what exactly would I be doing? And so what I've done is be able to define very intrinsic goals and a way of life that I want to create in my own life. And my career is very much adapted around that. So that's really important because if my career wasn't adapted around that, I would feel um, a lack of satisfaction and it would be going against uh, things that are intrinsically important to me. The second thing is where my career as a, as a career coach aligns up with my, my purpose is that is very much in tune with what I'm, with what I'm good at. Like I would say one of my natural superpowers is being able to connect to someone very very quickly um and like just almost like tune into them like take myself out of the the picture and really dive in deep as to i guess what what is important to them and where they want to go so because my like because that is a big element of my job as well as other things it gives me everyday satisfaction which is all part of purpose right purpose is it, it's a feeling first and foremost that you can eat like easily lose so to enjoy my career is, is has to be a big part of it and that job function is ultimately primary when it comes to really enjoying your career and feeling on purpose you have to enjoy the job function and the rest can actually evolve even if you're not specifically clear on like having a life purpose statement and then the the last thing is really reminding myself of what, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that is to obviously help people tune in to what they love to do, tune into a, a, a help or helping them tune into a vision and go make them, helping them make that happen and helping them become their best self. And actually something like was quite funny, like a, a few weeks ago, I'd been so ingrained in the day to day I actually forgot my purpose and I'm, I'm having like an accountability partner and we coach each other every single week. And he was like, something that I do is remind myself of my why every single day. And I started to do that. So I started to, every day I'd just kind of write, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? And that really helped me connect back to that purpose daily. Um, and I could only do that because I genuinely believe what I'm doing. I'm not just, you know, working for a company with no clear reason as to why I'm doing this to 
help uh, a niche, an area that I'm specifically passionate about. So does that answer the, the question? Mm -hmm. No, it definitely does. And I want to pick up on, on the point of values, I think, because as people who are young, young people, I think especially find it a challenging one to navigate because of how it's tied so much to, to identity and to education as well about, you know, what do you value? What are your values? What's your, your purpose? And it's becoming more of a thing, I think, when you're at an early stage in your career, you're even at, even at school level, university, you know, you're, you are encouraged, I think, to, to explore your values. But I wonder if, if you could speak to the challenge that, that I sense, which is that people get caught at that labeling phase that you spoke about of, oh, it's impact, it's health, it's adventure, and, and you know, those, la those labels, but actually don't do that second step that you spoke about of really diving into what that looks like for them. So Charlie and I might share the same value of travel, for example, but actually he wants to be a digital nomad traveling the world all year round, living in 12 different places. And I'm like, actually, I just want to go on a holiday every few weeks, every month, every whatever. How can the same values look differently to different people? And how can we help people to go deeper within that as we teach people about values? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. And it, it's, it's, so fascinating to me as someone who takes people through this process on how different core value or what different labels mean to different people is so unique and when i speak to uh my own clients about this i'm always like wow this is so different to what i would define as that, that label so how i'd recommend doing it is just asking yourself the question of what does this look like to me on a on a practical level like and something I, I go through with, with my own clients again is to one define how much they're living that value right now out of out of 10. Once that is clearly defined. So I would ask them, what does this look like on a tangible level? And then we try and describe it. And then I'll say, okay, well, like whereabouts are you on the scale of one to ten? And then say five or six. And then this is the quick key question is saying, what does 10 out of 10 look like to you? Like what would life look like if you was living 10 out of 10 in that health value? And then that's when you would start writing down very practical things. Well, mm. I would be doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'd go in here every like uh, few months. Like for, for me, like on, on health, it'd be like, you know, cold showers would definitely be one, like taking the most high quality supplements, for example. I'd want to get like, I'm a little bit of a biohacking geek because I get all this like different stuff which would help me in my my energy and optimate optimization. Mm. And again, health would mean something completely different to, to someone else. It might mean more like fitness and strength, but mine is more like connected to energy and how I'm feeling daily. So yeah, to to come back to your original question, it's it's basically by asking yourself the question of what does this look like on a practical level and actually giving yourself the time to contemplate on it is so important because you know we don't tend to do that i know it's definitely becoming more of a thing but how often do people actually ask themselves okay what is meaningful to me in life like what does it actually look like what do i actually want um so simply giving yourself the time to do it is so important what could be more, more important than asking yourself what is most meaningful to me in life but yeah most people don't do it yeah no i think that's a really helpful viewpoint and with those values say in mind and that 10 out of 10 goal effectively orientated and you know what it is can you if you're already in a job 
create that value, create that purpose essentially through the work you're currently doing? Or would you by necessity have to find a different job? Like, can you say if your value is, we'll run on the example of travel still, and you want to be able to, to live virtually, how easy do you think it is to have that conversation with someone where they expect you to be in the office at least three times a week? Can you be able to change your job to suit your purpose? Or will you need to find a new job that by inherently actually already is within your purpose instead? Yeah, great question. If, if it's not aligned up with your values, you're either going to have to get your employer to adapt to you or you're going to have to change job. Ultimately, if you really want to be fully satisfied in yourself or like, and, and feeling very good. I mean, this is not to say, obviously, you go tomorrow and just quit your job you know, sporadically, it's kind of like I did. It's, it's, particularly in this and kind of where we're at right now in the times, like it wouldn't be a good move. But at the very least, you need to start building up a strategy. Okay how do I go and find a position which is going to adapt to my values? And I just want to give a, a quick example of this. So when I quit that recruitment job, like one of the biggest values of mine is, is freedom. And that really did include not working nine to five in an office or being having to be somewhere, you know, every day or having a certain amount of holiday I could take off. It, it really did not sit well with me at all. Um, and when I we quit that job, I obviously started to try and build up my coaching business. And what I had to do was end up going into to bar work and laboring work. I worked at like horse, uh, like track racing and doing like the betting and stuff like that. And at first I felt a lot of resistance towards it. So I was like, oh, I don't, I've, you know, I've got a law degree. Like I don't, I shouldn't be going into this kind of work, but obviously I had to, to get some money. And something that really hit me was actually I really enjoy this and one of the biggest reasons is because I didn't have to be anywhere like these jobs were optional for me to go in or not and actually just that that choice that I had felt so freaking good even if I was in something that didn't actually you know wasn't where I wanted to be and people ask me like why are you here like you've you know you've got a law degree etc but actually because it aligned up with that value it 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 gave me a yeah a lot of satisfaction and I've never ever gone back into a job that made me work a certain amount of hours ever since since that recruitment job and it's just because it's been a like if if I had to it's a no-no for me like I can only work in my own time because it's so important to me some people won't matter so much but you know everyone's different so yeah I can really really see that I think in my head the question that's coming up is are you only able to find a role where you have purpose and where you can put that as the top priority once you have enough leverage in the conversation? So say if you're a graduate fresh out of uni, you're like you're the same as other graduates. So how can you demand something out of a job to be a certain way? And is it only once you've built up enough experience and developed a niche in which you're really good at, can you then create or demand a job that's right for you and fits with your values do you have to kind of suck it up for a few years before you go and do that or can you from day one just be able to find that job with the purpose if you look in the right places it's it's a fantastic really really good point um i would say i would never say no to something like that of course if you're a graduate it's more than possible to potentially find something that allows you to have more freedom if we go with, with that example but you're absolutely right that you do at points need to suck it up and think long term and as long as you're the thing that i found as long as you know okay i'm doing this right now because i can see there's an end goal to this like at least 
you know, again, it's not about achieving that, but I can see if I do this for two years and build up this leverage and this experience, I can see how I can then get more freedom in my, in my work because I'd have that experience. So you, you have a very clear knowledge, like, you know, it's not fully aligned with me right now, but I, I know how it's going to be. Then that makes you feel a lot better. And I, and I think that is a big part of having purpose in your work is knowing why you're doing what you're doing. It's not just, I'm doing this because I need a job or to earn money. And again, you're do, your why and why you're doing it is very much connected to intrinsic values is connected to again values strengths like uh, your interests you know all of them things um so yeah potentially need to suck it up but with very clear strategic reasoning as to why and you can see okay this is how i'm going to get to x mm. my question would be or point of discussion would be you know what what's the opposite here when we think about purpose and when i think about that i think about how maybe we are at a point where our purpose is just synonymous with working all the time and more work and because of that we might then get into conversations like this and say well if you're not thinking about your purpose that much and you just want to turn up to work do your time get your money that's like that's okay too but actually that's also a way that a lot of people work because they don't want to be working all the time they want that time away from the office or away from their work too so what's the alternative to leading with purpose or putting purpose at at the forefront of everything which is i think what's driven the conversation so far and and, and what's the alternative it's a really really good point and i would say it comes back to the point of of values and being very clear on that because as you as you said, like obviously naturally, I think we're obviously you know free, you know ambitious entrepreneur entrepreneurial people having this discussion. So we naturally connect our work to to our purpose. But as you say, there's people that value, for example, um, you know potentially being with their their family a lot, having a lot of free time, and uh, potentially being out in nature. Like their ambition isn't so much, or their purpose isn't so much about work or growing in that it's actually just about living a life that is you know, adapted around their, their values so as long as that is the case right as long as like if someone's going to a nine to five and they're just like wanting to go there just to earn their money so that they can you know, live the life that they want to live as, lo as long as they're genuinely satisfied in their life and they're feeling like actually my purpose is to be with my family or is it just, just to be happy and enjoy the things that i do outside that is totally cool um it's just being aware that, of why you're doing what you're doing and it's it's being yeah awareness is key to this because if someone is working a nine to five just to get a bit of money but they're they're miserable then that mm. wouldn't be living on on purpose so yeah it really comes yeah. down i think to that yeah so i guess what what you're trying to to say with all of your work is that as long as you're living that values adapted lifestyles, I think you just called it, then, then that's okay. And thinking about what those values are is the primary thing. So would you say that money then is something that ties everything together and kind of gives people the ability to pursue that values adapted lifestyle in whatever way they want? And, and I'd ask then, do you have to sacrifice pay sometimes for that? values adapted purpose-led 
lifestyle or should people's approach be actually I need to earn as much as possible in order to then invest in that purposeful lifestyle are there any kind of wins that everyone can approach with that kind of sacrifice pay or chase more to then act later yeah another another really really good question so I I would say again when we go back to values but when you're super clear on again what does a meaningful life look like to me and you've kind of got that envisioned you can then work out well like how much money do I need to actually go and make this life a reality because that that is part of the strategy point that we talked about before how much money would I need to be earning you should never like just want to earn money for the sake of it oh I just want to earn a million uh, a million pound I want to be a millionaire just because like I want to be a millionaire obviously once you hit that you're not going to be satisfied because your your reasoning is based on something a lot more extrinsic it's not based on something that's deeply connected to you you haven't dived dived in deep enough so again like different people will require different amounts of of money in order to live a life that that they're super connected to and they feel genuinely satisfied in so it's, it's a really good point you can start to work that out oh okay i you know in order to live this kind of lifestyle i need to be earning i don't know 80k a, a year would be absolutely fine as long as I didn't have to be working 10 hours a day because again, that might not be adapted around your, your values. So adapt it around you and what you're looking for. Um, don't just try and earn for the sake of earning because that doesn't get anywhere. Yeah. I really like that last point there on almost finding an end to the means and being able to justify it by having that longer goal in mind. But I guess if you're starting out your career or even if you're quite far through within it it can often feel overwhelming should we say to have to pick this life's purpose at 22 like that's a lot all at once so is there or have you found through your job or more broadly than that that people change their purposes as the life progresses and is it something that's static that you choose once stick to and go for or is it something that can develop mature age change throughout time and if it does are there any key decisions that you think often alter what you define as your purpose throughout life yeah so it it definitely 100% changes and again like having this purpose isn't about trying to achieve something it's not something there to put pressure on you or to make you feel like oh like I have to have this this purpose and then I need to achieve it because that is something that's been you know ingrained into us from the education system which really drives me insane because it isn't the best way to approach life um, because you will get to the end point and then you will feel like oh, okay what's next that happens in the first time I realized that was my law degree because the whole time I spent trying, like, really thinking about getting a first. I was like, I really badly want this first. And I ended up getting this first. It took me completely by surprise. And then, and then, like, after a few days, I was like, oh, okay, now, now, now it's worn out. Like, what's next, basically? And, and that, if you do that with anything, you're going to end up finding yourself wanting to go on to the next thing. So it's super adaptable and, and changing to you depending on what what life throws your way uh, life will chuck definitely curveballs at you um again to give you an example like uh backing to uh 19 um i was very very far away from ever thinking about having 
kids like that was not something on my mind at all I had a much different vision of and like kind of where I wanted to go and it so happened that my partner ended up falling pregnant and we ended up deciding to to, to keep the, the baby and that totally changed like how I need to do adapt my purpose and the vision and and started to prioritize differently um so yeah i mean again and and that's that was a big lesson for me not to be too fixated on something to think it has to happen this way because actually then you're blocking out potential opportunities that the universe and life can chuck at you which could be really great for you because you're so fixated on i have to do it a certain way you're blocking them out so it's 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 a real tightrope balance between you know at least having clarity in a direction you know you're not just doing something because mm. you don't know what else to do. You're not doing something because you're, you're totally lost. You have a direction, but you're open to let life and opportunities come to you. Um, it's a real, it's a real balance and it's hard to get to be honest. So yeah, yeah. it's almost like there's elements of it that are going to be static throughout that are likely those core values again, to come exactly. back to those, which are the end goal almost, or that key end point, but it doesn't matter how you get there and how you navigate towards that. That's the dynamic part potentially. I want to, I want to lend a, a couple of minutes to the role of businesses in purpose as well. We've spent a lot of time thinking about the individual level, but what, what role does business play in having a purpose themselves as a business and equally, what role do they have in helping their employees find their purpose and kind of bringing them with them as a business i would i would say it's huge i mean if if this could happen on a big scale it would be an incredible uplift for society and the world ultimately most like the majority of professionals aren't satisfied in in their work and i think particularly us kind of younger ones like millennials gen z like we're becoming a lot more aware that we want more from from our lives and career than just to go on a job and just get a paycheck and not doing something because just for the, the, the sake of it. Uh, there's, there's a great example, um, which is mind Valley. I assume, you know, everyone's heard of them, but I know with their employees, they'll take them off onto a, a retreat and help them really figure out their why and get clear on their purpose and really support them in that process. So I would say it's a, it's a big responsibility. And I kind of, it's one of them things is like to, I guess, readapt employers' mind around this of how it could, you know, improve their own business and, you know, improve their, their profits because, of course, their business owners need to think about that. But I, I hope there's a more realisation that if you connect people to their own why and you allow them to live a life that they genuinely enjoy, of course, that would improve the productivity and, of course, improve their own business. So, um, yeah, I would, say, I would say it's huge because, and again, like, we're not so much like educated on this fully again we obviously have a lot more information than we did 20 years ago like you can go google youtube anything these days but um the more awareness it's brought to people that are coming out of university and younger people and even old, older people to be honest um the better so yeah i would I'd, I'd pin it it's important um and i hope more more do it yeah i definitely personally agree with that as well Although from the business perspective, what if they invest this time, this energy, these resources into helping these people discover their purpose? And then the answer 
to that question, that realization is that their purpose as an employee doesn't align to the business. What role do then they play? Do they have to shape that purpose to fit within the organization? Or is it just accepting the fact that they need to move on in the future? I would say they would need a better screening process on who they on who they take on board to, to save themselves the time of doing that. Um, so, you know, when you're hiring someone, you want to you you want to get a bit deeper like you know why why are they really joining the company like really understanding like do they have a clear reason to doing this or are they just doing it because they want the job so having that very clear distinction is important now as long as that as long as that individual has came on in a position which is adapted around their strengths and the kind of skills that they actually enjoy using and want to utilize on I, I I doubt that there will be that many times where they'll go through this process and then start to realize, oh, okay, you're really not a good fit. Um, it would be so rare that it wouldn't, it would still be overall, it would have a much bigger positive impact than it would a negative. Um, and of course, you know, the people that do decide, actually, this really is aligned up with me and I can see where this is taking me in the next, you know, three, three years and where I'm going to get to, that's going to, re- again, boost their productivity. And I think businesses should support, um, like people wanting to grow and move on in their career. And it might seem, again, like counterintuitive, but ultimately, you know, we, we change jobs a lot more now. And if you can support them in that, you can get the absolute best out of them. And then when they do decide to leave, great, they're going to leave on very happy terms and they're going to give you uh, great feedback, which can then again, get more high quality people into your company. Um, so yeah, that would be my answer. It's like, if you've got a good screening process, that is the first key. And then secondly, you'd probably have a, a lot more happy em- employees than, than ones that want to leave. Yeah, I really like that, that final point there on accepting the fact that the times have changed and that your employees are not going to work for you for even beyond 5, 10, 15 years. Like you're not looking for lifelong employees anymore. You're looking to support someone at a stage in their journey. And by doing the right thing and by supporting them in a way that makes it meaningful for them, you can in fact have that good recommendation. You can have that good feedback. You can almost have an an advocate for your brand in the next company that employee works with him. So it's almost like putting in someone who's like a big fan of what you do because you support them and help them almost outgrow their role or outgrow your business by moving on to, to that next stage. And that's a really, really important point. But I guess, is there any practical steps that a business can do to remove themselves from the mindset of retaining employees because obviously the training the investment the time the money that's a lot that goes into especially young people when they first join and they're kind of enthusiastic they have the character when it comes to the business to train the skill is there a way they can recoup some of the the training costs that they've invest in someone if they accept the fact that say two years to five years is a pretty standard turnover of young employees so can they accept that fact by also realizing the roi of the training as well the the answer is yes absolutely they can but i i would say that this would have to be proved and measured i think for a lot of businesses particularly ones that may be a little bit more rigid in in how they work of course they're going to have to have 
someone to come along and show them the return on investment. And I do think this is this is measurable. If they had, you know, um, like A/B testing between two companies, and they could show the level of productivity with like happy work, and I'm sure this is done to be honest. Like the level of productivity goes massively up when you've got people that are happy in your company. Like that, that's absolutely measured. So um, for some, you might have to just get much better data. Um, like again, my my side has always been more on the individuals than, than company, but I would hazard a, a guess that you could absolutely prove this for sure. I mean, it's just it's just common sense, and I and I, and I see there's always a law in, in everything that we do. It's like if you give, you get back. Like it's just a, a law that always happens. You give more to your employees, you make them more happy. They're going to give more back to you. So if you went on a date and all you did was think about yourself and speak about yourself, you're going to de-attract that person because they're not going to feel satisfied. They're going to be like, well, all you're doing is talking about yourself. But if you show genuine interest in someone, you ask them questions and then they'll ask you more back and it builds up this feel good and you get more out of the situation. Um, same with networking. If you go and network with a professional and just talk about what you want. Oh, I want a job. Do you have this? Do you have that? They're not going to respond to you. But if you go and you research them and you really understand, okay, like, let me find out more about them. And you put in the energy to send them a video message or a voice message instead that's personalized to them, you're much more likely to get a response back. Um, so obviously that probably, you probably couldn't go in with that argument if you start a business around this. But um, I would just say on a big scale, yes. Like if you, if you put in, it's just, it's kind mm. of common sense that you're going to get back. It's just yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And no, I think it, it's a really interesting kind of final point on that employee lifetime value. How do you translate it? to make sense on a, on a kind of business case. Cause I think you're right. There is an innate way that it makes sense on a common sense level. And it's then translating that to that final outcome, but transitioning to wrap up as we move towards the end of the show, one of our, our final questions is going to be, what does the future of purpose in the workplace look like to you? So thinking almost abstract, abstractly, creatively, thinking about what you would like to see, what does the future of purpose in the workplace look like? Yeah, really, really good question. So the way I actually see the future going in an industry right now that is, is absolutely booming is like this online entrepreneurial world. Like the digital age has made more millionaires than ever before. And just from being in this this industry um, and seeing so many normal people, like genuine people, make amazing businesses around subjects that, or around areas that really impact people's lives. And I'd say, you know, there's so much more opportunity now to work with an area you feel genuinely passionate about and, and excited about than potentially there was before because of the internet age. And I can see the way the workplace probably going is a lot more, more around kind of a self-employment so you know instead of there being this idea that you're an employee you're someone kind of working almost for yourself like you see yourself as your own business and you're going in to companies to provide a service and i think that is a much it's, it's something i always recommend to um to clients to look at themselves it's like you are providing a service and this gives you a lot more I guess just value then employee. If you just see like, I'm going into this company because I'm going to provide a very good service to them. 
that's going to give you a much better feeling than, oh, I'm having to work with, for someone just to get some money back. So maybe that shift in mindset is going to be really important. And again, I think going back to my point about like this online entrepreneurship world is that a lot of these individuals are super into to, to personal development. They've gone through this process themselves. And of course, from them doing that, they're going to help their the people that are working for them and providing the service, help them level up their own own game. Um, so I, I just see it going more in that, that direction than these kind of traditional like big businesses that are expecting people to work like like 10, 12 hours a day to make X amount of money. I can see it going much more towards a much more flexible based around your own lifestyle. You probably work from home or you can go into an office like this kind of level of flexibility. Um, yeah, and, and I, I would say just because we are becoming, I'd say more conscious as a society as well. Like obviously we have so much more amazing information now. You can type in anything in Google, YouTube, we've got like Audible, for example, which just has so many amazing books. You've got podcasts, like all of these things are just going to level up our own mind and expectations of what we want from life. And I think that's going to be a natural evolution that businesses are going to have to keep up with. They're not, because otherwise they're not going to get the best people. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. That was just what came to me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think that point on almost injecting the entrepreneurial mindset that a lot of Gen Z young people have, combining that with the unrealized potential thus far of the pandemic and the way in which we're shifting our ideas of work from turn up nine to five into what are you, what's your output? What's your service? What's the value you're offering as an employee? It almost makes everyone think on a, a business level a level of exchange where you have to really realize what you do beyond just a contract that you're assigned to have. You have to think about your role in value. And I think you make a really good point when you say about the personal development might even come from the employees themselves. And that's a really interesting perspective where they have more leverage. And what we've heard previously is that, say, the pandemic, the personal branding, the everything else is kind of putting those pieces together and realizing that leverage and having employees have more advocacy in the argument and being able to then interject, hey, look, I want to be developed in this way. I know how to get there. So work with me to do it as well. So I think that's a really, really interesting kind of outcome of that workplace of tomorrow, perhaps. So more kind of on that, how would you want employees and employers to reach this workplace of tomorrow? Is there anything more they can do in the short to medium term to realize that? Is there any strategies, anything that needs to be started on either side or is it just gonna happen anyway, given where things are currently at? I think it's gonna, I think it's going to, to happen anyway, but in order to speed it up and again, look, you know, to be totally transparent, like I haven't been in the place of working with with companies in this in this side. But one of the things that could be done for sure is kind of dismantling this almost hierarchy, which is like you have like the the owner, and then you have like certain managers, and then it goes down, and you're kind of delegating things to much more of a um, 
level playing field uh, is I, I'd say an important point. So everyone feels equally valuable in the business rather than, you know, there's people lower because they've got X role or whatever. Um, so that, that's an important point to make employees feel more valuable. The second thing is, is just teaching the ones who are in more, I guess, like managerial positions doesn't mean that they're higher up. They're just in a, di a slightly different function. Teaching them coaching skills, essentially, so that they can really understand, you know, how their employees are, are feeling and having conversations is the most important thing. Like, and being able to have that transparent dialogue um, would really rapidly speed that up. Because if I have someone who I'm working with who can ask me the right questions, who can make me feel comfortable so that I'm able to openly reflect on what it is I'm looking for, how I'm feeling, um, that means as a company, again, I can understand that and, and adapt around that. So I, I would say, yeah, going into companies and, and, and teaching them these, these coaching skills um, is, would be huge, actually, um, in order to help employees uh, grow and and feel good yeah and a lot of really exciting thoughts there i think uh for for future employees for current business leaders to be taking on about trying to chase that workplace of tomorrow that values led workplace of tomorrow and i think the themes that we've been picking on today i really hope they do continue to accelerate that values led approach purpose driven collective gain all of these things I think will be really, really important. So all that really remains, Jack, is to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hope you had a hope you had a good time. I've loved it. I've loved it. It's been it's been great. Thank you so much for having me on. That's it for today from the House Hack Podcast. The best place to find us is LinkedIn at House Hack Events, the company page, and personally on LinkedIn at Ryan McGee and Real Charlie Rogers. We really appreciate your listen support. Leave us a review if you enjoyed our episode. And we'll see you the next one.